Hello, and um, welcome to From an Ex-Fan. Now, a couple of things. Um, I don't know if I explained this in the last Supernatural episode, or maybe it was the last 100 episode. The 100. Um, basically, back in February, this is why I've been gone so long to anyone that could possibly be listening. Well, let me actually start a whole year before that. Maybe. Not a whole year. A whole year from, like, now. Basically, my sister lost custody of her kids, and I've been fighting to get them. I have them, and I'm now placed in a homeless shelter, more or less. I'm not going to name the shelter or anybody they're affiliated with. But here I am. Everything's fine. Um, But in February, whenever I had originally, like my house caught on fire because we were living with my stepsister, me and the kids. And my laptop was in there. Uh, We were going back and forth from two towns so I could work. So I could find somewhere for us to live so I could get the kids. And then I ended up just being able to get the kids in my stepsister's house. And then her house caught on fire on February 11th, the day before my fucking 23rd birthday. So it was really hard for me to watch Supernatural. Um, because we were living in an RV and there just wasn't enough room. And the 100. Let me be clear. And the 100. Both of them. It was really hard for me to watch both. And I would sometimes do it at work. But it just was taking so long watching it on my phone. And trying to take notes on my phone. Because I can't read my own handwriting. And that's on... I should have been a doctor. Um, but... We got placed into this um, homeless shelter nonetheless. And we're going through the adoption process. Everything's going better. We were in like our own little house, which is nice. The kids are at school right now um, for at least another hour or so. So let's see if I can knock this episode out, even though I've already recorded it twice. I just didn't have the excuse for why we've been gone for so long we we meaning me so previously on from an ex-fan supernatural edition we talked about the hook man legend and all that um i don't remember anything from that episode i mean i remember it but i don't remember it so um anyways it's now time to get into the next episode and now i was listening to my other recordings and yes i sound a bit off um I'm back in the area where I'm allergic to everything, despite the fact that this is where I am from. So I've got really bad allergies. So if I cough, literally just coughing so I can get that taste of mucus. Oh, um, let me do a little update of what I've been watching. Now, I can't tell you what I was watching before that um, I might have mentioned in this episode recording because I... I have no fucking idea. Oh my god. What was I watching? Let me check my Netflix. I have been watching a lot of House on Roku. Not so much that I'm anywhere. um, Because I've literally only been watching it for maybe like a week. Because I was watching Dr. Mike on YouTube. Uh, Anyways. Let's see, what have I been watching? Oh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I did finish Alice in Border, Alice 
in Borderlands, I think I did mention this and I did like it. I started that post-mortem show and I liked it too, um, but I just haven't finished it. I did talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, the new one. I remember that very vividly. Um, I also went through a phase where I was just watching crime documentaries off Netflix, which I do every once in a while. And then, um, sorry, my phone keeps going off. And yeah, I did start the next episode for the 100. And I did really want to watch it. I just never did. Oh, I did replace my laptop as well. So I'm not recording from my phone either, which feels so much better. Now, I haven't watched the next season of Russian Doll yet. I need to. Where is my list? Oh, my list. I haven't watched any of these, if I have not already said it. I did watch that one that was on here. Um... Fiera, The Darkest Light. That one was good. Oh, I think I watched one about like perfume too. I don't know if I talked about that. There really needs to be a list of what you've watched. Not watch again what you've watched. And on Hulu, sorry, this is taking a really long time, but I just enjoy talking about it. I don't really have anything to say except every house episode is the absolute fucking same episode. And it's been giving me anxiety about my own health. Oh, 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 that's what I watched. You, I'm sure you can all guess it by that reaction. I did watch Our Flag Means Dead. Would I love to do a deep dive into that? Um, yeah, I don't know history, though. I don't know jack shit about pirates. I don't know jack calico shit about pirates. All I know is that these ones are gay and I love it. I absolutely love it. I have seen that a lot of people would like um, the lesbian pirates from history to come on to, like to be brought in. I don't know if they're connected in any way, shape, or form to Blackbeard or Steed Bonnet. I just don't care. I would like to see them. Um, but I don't know. Um, a lot of gays in it. Love it. Absolutely love it. I have started to rewatch it. Um, I don't know why. I, I know. So I was also been rewatching what we do in the shadows, um, which I haven't mentioned on this account. But you know what? If we're going to go for the new Super Who lock, we're going to jump right in. Um, no, I've been watching what we do in the shadows since it since it came out. But I've just been really into rewatching it lately. Um, I did start the girl from Plainview, but every time that they have those little fake meetups where it's like their text conversations, dude, it makes me cringe so hard. Like it feels like I'm I'm like watching something or like listening to something, like overhearing a conversation that I shouldn't be overhearing or watching. So it makes me uncomfortable. I wonder if anybody else feels that way. And that's apparently all I've been watching on HBO. Uh, HBO. Um, on Hulu. Sorry, that was gross, but that's not there. Uh, there's nothing for me to do with it. So on HBO, I think the only thing that I've really been watching is Our Flag Means Death. Yeah. 
I did watch Peacemaker. I don't know if I talked about this, but I absolutely loved it. Uh, cannot wait till the next season. If there is a next season, there better be a next season or I'm going to be upset. Um, for some reason, watching um, that su- the Suicide Squad 2 movie made me attracted to John Cena. And watching the first episode of the show, I was like, nope, not attracted to him anymore. But then you watch the rest of it and and it comes back. It comes back and it hits you. Never in my life did I ever think that I would say that I am attracted to Fred's dad from the Fred movies. Anyways, back to what I was saying before I cut myself off. So, um, like I said, last episode of the Supernatural Edition, we watched... No, I watched. You listened. If you listen. Um, to me, talk about the Hookman legend. Um, and now it's time to get into the next episode, which is season one titled Bugs. Uh, I was not ready for this episode. And before we jump in, I just have to say that I cannot stand bees. I was traumatized at a young age by being chased around the school playground by bees. And then a couple of weeks ago, um, before whenever I was writing this, that this would have been months ago, Rebecca. This would have been back in January, probably. Anyway, so I, I got chased around my car by them. Like, we were literally swarmed. And then I had one land on my leg the day before I started writing this episode. Or, like, you know, watching, writing my part of it. While I was in my car. And I was, like, desperately trying not to slam it into my steering wheel. Anyways, I didn't. Um... Like, I don't want to kill them, but I also don't want them near me. And I'm not allergic. I I just got cocky one day whenever I was in elementary school. Don't know where the fuck I got the money from, but I had $2. And you know what that meant? I got two ice creams. So I walk up to, into the cafeteria. And I'm like, give me my ice creams. Not really. I bought two ice creams. And I get chased around the playground. Because I got cocky and I throw one of the ice creams in the trash can hoping that it'll get the bees to leave me alone. But it doesn't. I want to say one of them's like one of those rainbow popsicles and the other one's a fudge popsicle. And foolishly, I threw the rainbow one down first. I don't even like fudge. I don't like fudge popsicles either. So I don't know why I bought it. And I think I was the only one of my siblings that got money, too. So I really don't know where the fuck that money came from. Um, but I got payback for it, for being so cocky. Anyways. Um, I also want to talk about spiders. I'm terrified of spiders. More specifically, Daddy Long Legs. When I was about five, my sister was nine. She backed me into a corner with a friends that were all the same age as her. And they um, took daddy long leg legs. They like ripped them off and threw them at me while they were twitching. Even the body. So mean bugs don't get along. And I know spiders aren't bugs. And I will touch on this later because I know that spiders aren't bugs. But they still clump them together as bugs in this episode. But like I said, nonetheless, I have to watch it. So... We open in Oasis, Oasis Plains, Oklahoma, which is um, basically like a suburban little 
I don't know if that's the right thing. It's like a gated community. That's the word we're looking for here. <coughs> that wasn't an allergy cough. That was a choking on spit cough, and I'm sorry. So, uh, it's like a construction site with a bunch of houses. Some built, some, you know, they're building them. I don't know. One of the construction guy uses the term fat with a PH to describe the houses. And um, one of the guys is like measuring something with some sort of machine. I, I think it might be like gas lines or. <coughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Oh, I couldn't breathe there for a second. <sighs> Anyways, so he sees something. And it's, like, little tiny holes on the ground. And I think the other guy gets, like, bitten by a mosquito. Um, And I was differentiating them. I was, like, this one's got a hard hat on. But this one, they both had hard hats on. Um, One of their names is Dustin. And um, Dustin is the one looking at the little holes. So, um, Dustin, like, walks over there, and a cave-in happens off-screen. We hear, like, a scream, I believe. And, um, it looks like Dustin might have broken his ankle. Um, his broken ankle is bleeding, too, but there's, like, no popped-out bone. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anatomy like that. Or whatever you would call it. Uh, but that's wrong, right? He then notices a bunch, and I mean a bunch of bugs, and they start crawling all over him. And at this point, I would have already been fucking screaming at the top of my lungs. Like, he's literally covered in bugs, and I hate it. Travis, the other guy, finally brings the rope, and, you know, Dustin is dead because this is supernatural. Um... Uh, oh, also the bugs were crawling into his, his, you know, ears and nose and I guess they ate him or something. The boys are at a bar. Sammy is outside of the bar sitting on the 1967 Chevy Impala. Sure hope I got that right because that'd be embarrassing. This is why I've avoided saying it, um, by the way, is because I can't remember the year. Oh, I apparently can't type either. <clears throat> 1967 Chevy Impala. Hell yeah. Look at me go. I, I mean, I'm assuming Supernatural came as one of the Google results. I could still be wrong. Anyway, so Sammy is sitting on the hood of the car reading the newspaper because that is what you do when you go to a bar. Don't know why that rhymed, but it did. Um, I mean, I color when I go to the bar, so I guess... At least he's doing it outside. Um, Dean comes outside from the bar and he's just won a pool game. And he's come out to show Sammy the cash. Sam suggests that they get day jobs. And Dean says, hunting is our day job and the pay is crap. I mean, he's not wrong. But alternatively, they could do some side quests. Like, I just want to see them just selling random shit. Like, random rocks, you know? Also, Sam should really only be worried about the credit card scams. It's not... I mean, it's it's not inherently illegal to play pool for money. And if it is, maybe it's just not illegal where I live. I know it's illegal in some states because it is gambling. Um, but if it is illegal in Texas, then I've seen a lot of people commit this crime. <laughs> 
But at the same time, <sighs> it's, it's it's not like casino gambling, you know? I mean, it's still, don't get me wrong, it still counts as gambling, which I guess is just another vice John Winchester passed on to Dean. Poor boy, got his daddy's sexism and addictions. And Dean's argument is, it's what we, oh, it's what we're good at, and it's how we were raised. Sam says, sorry, Fred, I'll read for a second. Sam says, yeah, well, how we were raised was jacked. And he's not wrong. I was going to search uh, gambling laws. Just because I'm curious now. I'm sorry that you have to sit through this. Gambling in Texas. Oh, I meant gambling laws. Okay, so I guess it's not illegal here. Where are they? They're in Alabama. Not yet, I guess. Okay. Oh. So the major, like, illegal gambling things are, like, sports betting with bookmakers, horse betting with bookmakers, bookies, sports parlay cards, don't know what that is, numbers, and illegal casinos. (laughs) Didn't know that. Uh, Yeah, it's, like, illegal to play cards in bars. Like, they can't run it, but you can do it yourself going into a bar. I don't know. Little fun fact, I guess. Hope you enjoyed that. Okay, where were we talking about? Them being raised was jacked. And yeah, like I said, he's speaking straight facts. Okay, so um Sammy is telling Dean about this job. And um we find out that Dustin died from Kruitz Field Jacob. And I would like to point out that Sam says Jacob and not Jacob. Like he does in the previous episode when talking about a man who most definitely would have been called Jacob and not Jacob. So he knows how to say it. So I don't understand why he was like Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Um, Not like that. Anyway, so the non-medical name is human mad cow disease. We also find out that Dean recognizes mad cow disease from hope. Oh. One more time. We find out that Dean recognizes mad cow disease from Opa. Oh, Oprah. Which is very funny for a bunch of reasons. Um, Sam then asks Dean if he watches Oprah, which is, you know, only one of the many reasons it's funny. It's also funny because he has time for daytime television. Like, who watches daytime television? Dean makes a face while trying to change the subject, and it's very theatrical and very on-brand for Dean. Um, This episode switches it up as Dean is the one that doesn't want to go to Oklahoma, and Sammy is the one that has to convince him. Sam explains that mad cow disease takes forever for the damage to appear, but Dustin's brain disintegrated in an hour or less. And you're telling me it took Travis about an hour to find that rope in a flashlight in the beginning? That was like 30 seconds, dude. 
And, you know, that's all it takes to convince Dean to go. He didn't need a single dad would do it or anything like it takes for Sam to agree. So, of course, off to Oklahoma they go. They go straight to the gas company that Dustin worked for to talk to Travis. Um, I just confused myself reading it a bit. Sorry. Dean asks Travis if he's the Travis that worked with Uncle Dusty. And per usual, am I okay? Per usual, Travis does recall Dustin, doesn't recall Dustin ever mentioning nephews. Dean asks what happened out there and Travis explains what happened. This is also a friendly reminder on how insensitive they are because Sam just asks, did you see any wounds? While this man Travis is almost choking up while explaining everything. So he did say that he saw blood coming from his eyes and ears and nose, you know, uh, head, shoulders, knees. That's... I, I meant to do like eyes, nose, and ears, something like that. Not head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Anyways. Oh my gosh. I don't think I'm okay. Somebody pull me up a, a house episode that would explain all this. Um, Sam. That's not where we were. So um, Dean then asks if he thinks it could be mad cow disease. And Sam cuts in saying, sorry, if it was mad cow disease that, if it was mad cow disease that killed him, he would have acted strange beforehand. Like memory loss or, oh, I'm sorry, like loss of motor control. I'm just making shit up because I have no idea what I wrote here. Even though it's all on my phone, there's missing words. Travis says no, he never noticed anything like that, and if it wasn't mad cow disease, then what the hell was it? Dean asks where it happened, and then the boys, um, uh, and then it cuts to the boys pulling up to the scene of the attack, which is a sinkhole on a construction site in a gated community that's being built. Dean asks Sam what he thinks happened and if he thinks some creature was chewing on his brain and Sam says no there would have been an entry hole he's wrong but not wrong they also say it they also say that it happened pretty fast again they're reiterating the fact that it happened pretty fast as if we didn't watch it happen Dean says it looks like there's only room for I don't know why I said his name that way Dean says it looks... I did it again. Dean? Dean? I'm gonna start making Dean puns. Like, from community. Anyway, so Dean says... See, I said it fine there. Um, He says that it looks like there's only room for one in the um, hole. And asks if Sim... Sim... Sam wants to flip a coin. Sam says that they have no idea what's down there. And then Dean says that he'll go off. What? Dean says that he'll that, that he'll go off. That's what I wrote. He'll go if Sammy's too scared. Sammy says, flip that damn coin. They flip the coin, and um Dean is calling Sam a chicken. So as the coin is in the air, Sam grabs it and says, He'll go. Sam starts tire tie tiring tying. Sam starts tying the rope around him and tells Dean not to drop him. 
Now, we don't actually get to see Sam in the hole. Instead, it cuts to the boys driving around with a dead beetle in Sam's hand. Um, Dean makes a sarcastic comment about finding beetles in a hole in the ground. And, you know, once again, Dean's not wrong. I mean, he's wrong because it was the beetles. But he's, you know, not wrong because beetles live in the ground, some of them. So, Dean doesn't believe that it was the beetles. But Sam says that there was no evidence of any other creature. Dean still doesn't believe. I hate saying his name. Oh my god, it feels like it's not even a word anymore. Have I? Ugh, it's never been like this before. Maybe it's just my allergies. I haven't taken any medicine today, so it can't be that. So, um, anyways, Dean doesn't believe that it was the Beatles, but Sam says that there's no evidence of any other creature. We already went through this. Sorry. Um, Dean still doesn't believe believe because Sam only found about 10 dead beetles. Sam suggests that they get more information on the neighborhood and see if anything's familiar, similar, familiar. I was trying to say familiar and similar at the same time. If anything similar. If anything similar has happened recently or ever. Dean points out a barbecue, and if I were them, I wouldn't be able to eat barbecue, considering that Dean smelled human flesh twice, and Sammy's, and can, at ages that he could remember the scent. Anyways, and Sam smelt it twice as well, only, you know, once. Recently, being able to remember it. Both of them, recently, seeing Jess burn, become barbecue. Um, anyways... I don't think I could eat barbecue after smelling human flesh barbecuing just once. If I'm going to be honest. So, um, but anyways, they go to the barbecue, of course. Dean says that growing up in a suburban neighborhood would freak him out. Sam asks why. Dean answers with the, the manicured lawns. The how was your day, honey? I'd blow my brains out. And this part makes my heart hurt always because, you know. There's nothing wrong with normal, as Sam says. And then, Dean replies with, I'll take our family over normal any day. They not, Then they knock on the door and meet the developer. And it's just so sad. Also, um, this is a Winfest Shippers winning episode. So the developer goes out of his way to say, we accept homeowners, um, of any race, skin color, or sexual orientation. Something like that. And Sam's got this huge smile on his face after this guy says it. And anyways, I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's foreshadowing to a later glass closet or closets that we never get to see. Uh, um, open. That we never get to see open. We do get to see it, even though they're glass. Anyways. Anyways, um, nobody sees two guys that are obviously related and thinks, oh, they must be dating. I mean, even if you don't know that they're related, you aren't going to assume that they're gay. Nobody does that unless you're already gay. Anyways, Dean says, we're brothers. And Sam's got uh, got that like little laugh going on, like a little nervous, like, I've been caught laugh. Um, so they tell him that their dad is getting super old and they're looking for a place place for him. And still with that big old goofy smile, Sam's got plastic on his face, you know. Uh, so, you know, Sam's still got that big, stupid, goofy smile on his face. 
it's such a nice little smile. Anyways, we find out that the developer bought one of the houses. In fact, that's the house that they're standing in right now. He then introduces us to his wife, Joni. And then he tells his wife to tell him how much she loves the house. Into life, she has to, too, as a joke. He walks off, and she says not to let a salesman routine scare them. Then they meet the head of sales, who was the second to move in, and ask if they're ready to become homeowners. I don't like the way that these people say homeowners. She repeats the same thing that the developer says, you know, the whole any race, religion, color, or sexual orientation. And you know what? Something tells me that they're lying. There's no reason for them to say this. If it were true, they'd just do it. Also, I don't see any people of color in the background checking out these houses. And I'm sorry. I I, I, I think I did later notice, like, one black person in the background. Um, But, like, even as a white person of any sexual orientation, that doesn't come off welcoming. I mean, we all know that MLM, oh, man-loving men, men-loving men couples are more accepted in these types of settings and not you know women loving women couples but we also know that the people of color who move into these communities are also treated as threats when they live in a community like this so the fact that they say this to anyone who might be a part of any of those groups is like very unwelcoming like they're trying to put a bad feeling in their stomach and i know that the writers thought that they were just so inclusive doing this they weren't. They played it off as an incestuous joke. Anyways. So. Uh, Sam walks up to. to. Sorry. That's wrong. So um, Sam and Dean are standing there talking to this woman. And um, Dean tells Sam that he's going to go talk to Larry. Okay, honey. Just like that. And Sam has on his goofy face again, which is so fucking weird. Like, what? Like, did Jared just think that this was, like, the absolute, like, funniest shit? Like, oh, my God, they think that I'm dating my brother. (laughs) I would be so grossed out if somebody assumed that I was dating my brother. And he's just got on, like, this goofy-ass fucking face. Like, ha, 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 ha. No, it's not funny. It'd be, like, gross. That's my brother, dude. Like, I don't uh, Did Jared just think that it was funny that they, that they thought that he was dating a guy? Like, I get that this was, like, 2005, 2004. But, like, uh, it just, it just bothers me. So, Dean is walking around the house with Larry, the developer, and notices some jars full of bugs. And Dean points them out, and we find out that Larry's son is into in sex insects bugs i don't like the way that i said that uh, because you know we're talking about incest (laughs) and insects um back at sam he's learning about steam showers as a tarantula is creeping up to scare the head of sales lady um And then he learns about three different whirlpool tubs to choose from. Sam says, excuse me, then picks up the spider, which, by the way, isn't an insect. He brings it over to Larry's son, um, who Sam doesn't know that that's Larry's son yet. 
and asks if he's going to tell his dad. And Sam says, I don't know, who's your dad? And then the son calls his dad Larry. I put a lot of the dialogue into this episode, and I don't know why. So, um, so the son calls his dad Larry, and Sam says that that's a, that's, that it's pretty grim that he's on a first name basis with his dad. Bitch, if I had Larry or John Winchester as my dad, let me tell you. I mean, Larry's not that bad. He's, he, he gets worse. He's not as bad as John. But let me tell you, if I had John Winchester as my dad, I'd straight, I'd probably kill myself. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. My dad's pretty close to John Winchester as it is. Oh my God. Getting emotional over here. Not really. I think that I cried during recording one episode. I think it I think it was one of the 100 episodes. Anyways, I'm not really getting emotional. I, like, laughed and it made my eyes water. Anyways. Sam says to hang in there. It gets better, I promise. You know, like adults tell teens. Um, the kid's name is Matthew, and um, Larry comes up walking. Larry's walking up to them, and apologizes for his son's pet, and is also upset with Matthew. Sam says it's no bother, but Larry still drags Matthew away. Sam asks if they remind Dean of anyone, and it cuts back to Larry yelling at Matthew. Dean kind of just looks blankly at Sam before Sam's like hello dad and dean's like dad never treated us like that then sam says well dad never treated you like that you were perfect he was all over my case (sighs) give me a second okay so i think i'm probably gonna end up touching on this a little more later it's just it's so weird how in the first season it's like supposed to be all about sammy fuck sammy sure sam went through hell he wasn't given like as much attention but later on we learn that dean wasn't the perfect golden boy that that jared's that jared's character sam that sam tries to paint dean as in this season like especially these two episodes because they both touch on john winchester which is great that I was able to watch them both before recording, unlike the last one. Because, like, I mean, I guess it also really shows you that that the green may always seem greener on the other side, and it's not. But like I said, Dean was not this golden child. He was not treated like he was perfect. Dean had to play daddy. And not in the way that you're all thinking about. I mean, little Dean had to pretend, had to play father. He had to be Sam's dad. And it pisses me off. So, where were we? Dean then has to think for a minute before saying, well, maybe we, maybe he had to raise his voice sometimes. But you got out of but you were out of line. And Sam says, right, like when I said I'd rather play soccer instead of learn bow hunting. And Dean says, bow hunting is an important skill. And Sam's just like, whatever. And I think in later scenes, they forgot that Dean never got in trouble or Dean realizes 
that is it john was a, this is see, this is what i was talking about i got a little ahead of myself um but john was a shitty father and this is your weekly reminder that i do hate john winchester and yes like i said he reminds me of my dad and maybe that's why i hate him because it's easier to hate a fictional character than a real life human being dean says sam is on on to something Oh, uh, so one more time. Dean says Sam is on to something. Dustin wasn't the first strange death because about a year before they broke ground, Larry's surveyors died due to severe allergic reaction to bee, string, bee stings. More bugs. Now, I was doing a lot of research on bees for some reason, and I saw that they, they like, can become, like, Africanated, it's called. I don't know why it's called that. And they go crazy and and they sting you so like i said more bugs so um which is something that they say in unison more bugs now they're driving somewhere i don't know where probably a hotel but they're still in like that little you know gated community that's only got like two residents and it's not finished so dean says something about knowing of killer bees but not kill killer beetles and i was like sitting here and i was like killer beetles does this movie does this mean that the 1999 mummy movie doesn't exist in this universe or does that mean that dean just has bad taste in movies like that's a classic movie love that movie and i'll take any excuse to talk about rachel wise in it and i know his name is just slipping my mind i'm so sorry i feel really bad This isn't part of, you know, the the little script. Britton Fraser told you I knew his name. We love Brendan Fraser in this house. Actually, let me rephrase. We love the whole cast of the Mummy movie. It's just so good. Of the nineteen ninety nine one. Let me rephrase. Anyways. So Dean asks what can make different types of bugs attack, and Dean uh, Sam says that sometimes hauntings can manifest bug infestations. Sorry, I'm thinking about John Constantine now. Don't ask. So um, Sam, uh, Dean, Dean says that he didn't see any evidence of ghost activity, and um, he didn't pull out, but he also didn't pull out his homemade EMF reader either, so how would he know? Dean then suggests that a person is controlling the insects, trying to make us believe that it was Matthew doing it. Oh, also, Sam is driving again for some reason. Maybe Dean thinks that Sam is still upset about Lori. Dean just tells Sam to pull over into a driveway of one of the houses. Dean wants to squat in the empty house because he wants to try out that steam shower. Sam goes ahead and listens anyways. At another house, we see the head of sales turning on lights as a spider crawls on her face, and she doesn't feel it. Once again, spiders on insects. She decides to take a shower, where we get um, a very psycho, like the movie Psycho, shot of her showering from outside of the shower as if somebody's going to murder her. But we know that it's bugs. That's <laughs> in the title, guys. Um, then we see very poorly CGI'd spiders crawl along the shower wall, and then a whole bunch. Okay, I don't know what I just said, but I said it. 
Um, and then a whole bunch start crawling around and she's freaking out. She falls through the glass and I guess she gets a little bit of, of bits of away before, um, from them before collapsing with some sort of while the spiders are crawling all over her face. Like the CGI is so fucking bad in the scene that I could not tell if those were still spiders. In the morning, we see Sam banging on the bathroom door, asking Dean if he's going to be in in there forever. Because a police call just came over the scanner. And then Dean's just like, hold on. And Sam tells him someone died three blocks from here. Then Dean opens the door, but the towel wrapped around his head and says that the shower is awesome. Cut to the crime. Like, can we just talk about that? How sad that is? I mean, it's I've never experienced a steam shower like that either because I'm poor but they came from money before like they had a house before not to mention they probably had a life insurance policy on Mary he could have had a steam shower he could (coughs) he could have had a steam shower if it weren't for John Winchester fucking shit up okay let me be angry about the steam shower please so um they go to the crime scene we see a coroner rolling the body out in a body bag just as the boys are pulling up and the impala looks so clean and new in this scene they run into larry and tell him they want to take another look around the neighborhood and ask what's going on larry tells him the head of sales died last night and sam's fake concerned face is very funny and obviously fake Larry says he identified the body for the police and says now's not a good time. Dean says that that they've got to get into this active crime scene and see if they have a bug problem. But they say it as if that's ever been a problem before. Like the previous episode, y'all just fucking jump into a crime scene. Um, So as the police car drives off, we see our short King Dean jump a fence onto like one of those vine climber things. And Sam goes behind him. But I imagine it's easier for a jolly green giant. The climb through, uh, they climb through a window, and inside the house, there's a tape outline of where the body was, um, which I thought is something that they only do if you survive death. But whatever. There's also no blood anywhere. Like the cops don't clean crime scenes, and she fell through glass. But okay. Um, And also, Sam and Dean aren't worried about cross-contamination, and it's stressing me out as I'm watching this. Like, what if the cops come back for evidence and suddenly see their big-ass footprints? What if one of Sammy's hairs just falls into the crime scene, huh? What about clothing fibers? And Dean then just picks up a towel that most definitely would have been taken for testing. He picks it up without fucking gloves, and... Now, I know Dean is legally dead and across state lines, so it probably wouldn't pick it up right away. But it is still a very dumb move. And um, a bunch of dead spiders fall out of the towel. And no joke, they look like toys. Like, they look like those spider rings. And then Dean says Spider Boy as if Spider-Man isn't right there. But this is Warner Bros, who, by the way, I have massive beef with. Dean is then driving again um, 
as they pull up to Matthew's school bus. Let me repeat, two grown men pull up to a child's school bus to talk to said child. Why are, why are the Winchesters the scariest part of the show? Like, if I'm gonna be honest, Matthew, like, they're terrifying. <clears throat> anyway, so Matthew is walking into, like, this wooded area instead of going home. But with a dad like Larry and two grown men stalking him, I understand why he would take off a separate way. Of course, the boys follow him, in, him into the wooded area, still terrifying and you know matt is just letting the walking stick walk on his hand and i just need to say that i hate walking sticks with a passion absolutely hate them cannot stand them um i i think they might be poisonous i don't know they're here too i know how to kill them will i probably not i don't want to be anywhere near it anyways so matt matt asks the boys if they're really here to buy a house and then he asks if they're serial killers I'd have that same reaction, except I just would not talk to them. Um, Sam says no. Dean's kind of like playing the bad cop in the situation, you know? Matt is surprised that they think that he's the one controlling the bugs um, when he was just joking the night before with the tarantula. To be fair, I think we all would have assumed Matt. Anyways, Matt says something is going on in the neighborhood, but he doesn't know what. He says um, something's going on with, like, the bugs the insects sorry we then find out that larry doesn't listen to matt who's tried to warn him about the bug thing before sam tells matt not to worry because in two years he'll be able to go off to college and get away from his dad and dean says the kid should stay with his family god i fucking hate season one dean sam then changes the subject and the two boys exchange a look of anguish 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 you know what i'm trying to say they're just like upset with each other and then we hear a bunch of bug sounds and we find out that matt's obsession with bugs is actually partly a part of um an ap science class sam sees a mound of land and is like what's that they go to check it out and it's a pile of worms would you still love me if i was a pile of worms dean puts a bit of pressure on and then it caves in a bit you know because it's a pile of worms um, Dean then digs around with a stick and hits something that honestly sounds like a rock. Because, you know, bones and rocks usually sound a bit different. He then sticks his hand in it, which I wouldn't do. And he pulls out a human skull. We are finally halfway through the episode, and I've almost recorded about an hour of an episode. Oh my gosh. I spent a lot of time talking about random stuff, though, and here I go again. And now I do have to go get kids off the bus in a second, so... Um, so the boys pull up to a college with a bunch of human skulls. Sam makes a comment about a bunch of human skulls, uh, oh, a bunch of skeletons in an unmarked grave, as if that's the issue here. Like, there's, like, let me restart. Where were we? The boys pull up to a college with a bunch, like, a box of human skulls. Then Sam makes a comment about a bunch of skeletons in an unmarked grave, as if that's the issue here. I mean, it's part of the issue, but they just stroll up to a college with a box full of human remains. Like, it's nothing. You know? Like, anyways, so then Dean getting, um, little, like, I don't know what I was trying to say there, but, you know, he's... He's still a bit heated from earlier. So, Dean asks Sam 
how he could just tell Matt to just ditch his family. And Sam says he knows what Matt's going through. Dean says that he should have told Matt to respect his old man. Sam tells Dean that he thinks that Dean thinks that Sam didn't respect John. And honestly, I don't respect John. I have no idea what the fuck that sentence just said, but I'm sticking with it. I don't respect John Winchester. Sam says that he was never good enough. You know, the old Jason Todd and Dick Grayson card. Who's Batman's favorite? Because I could never be you. He was so shitty to me. Boy, do Warner Bros. have a type. And I say this as a Jason Todd defender slash lover. And I hate saying that Sam in this episode is the Jason Todd to Dean's Dick Grayson. Because I don't like Jensen. Jared, I don't like Jared. I mean, I don't really like Jensen anymore either, but I don't like Jared. But I love Jason Todd. And, and I hate comparing Bruce Wayne to John Winchester. Anyway, so Sam says that he was kicked out when he got a full ride to college. Whack shit. John Winchester sucks ass. Um, Sam says the truth is that when they find John, he doesn't even know if he's going to want to see Sam. Heart-wrenching, isn't it? I don't care. <laughs> Dean says that John was never disappointed at him and that he was afraid what could happen to Sam if he wasn't around. This is like when Superman tells Batman <laughs> that Jason was a good kid and Batman agrees. This is after Jason dies, of course. As if he didn't constantly put him down. Like if John can tell Dean this, why couldn't he tell Sam? We also find out that John used to hang out around Stanford and keep an eye on Sam, even if they were fighting. In cases, in this case, actions don't speak louder than words. That is creepy as hell. I don't care if you're my dad or not. Fucking stalking me. You're not stalking me. Like, it's fucking weird. Use your words, dude. And Sam is all surprised and asks why John never told him that. And Dean says, it's a two-way street. You could have picked up the phone. And oh my god, this phrase... I mean, that's not exactly what he says. It's somewhere along that. Oh, no, that is exactly what he says. But the phrase uh, phrase enrages me so much because this is the phrase that my dad uses. The phone works both ways. Like, oh, my gosh. It wasn't Sam's job to call John. Sam is the kid, and he would have been freshly a kid. He's the kid, goddammit. I'm the kid. I was the kid, you know? John is the adult and the parent. He should have called and then Sam would have felt more comfortable calling his dad more often. But if you're emotionally shut off and can't call your child, they're going to feel like you don't care and you don't want to talk to them, which is exactly what Sam is basically saying right now. And yes, I'm speaking from personal experience. Obviously, I've mentioned that. Uh, but in conclusion, I still hate John Winchester. It's also important to note that while Dean is making Sam feel guilty to sad music outside of college... That Sam is still holding a box full of human skulls. Also, this is... I think that I probably stopped recording. We didn't. Okay, sorry. My screen went black. Um, where were we? Also, this is supposed to be a sad scene, but it just enrages me to my very core. And then um, it's also like midday-ish when they pull up to the college, but now after their conversation, it's suddenly nighttime. Like it just like happened. I mean, maybe I was blinded by rage, but it just happened. So they walk in, they talk to this professor. Um, and the professor asks if they're students. Sam 
and this time Sam's the one that lies and says, yeah, we're in our, in your class, Anthro 101, which is such a basic ass class. Anyways, um, where are we? Sam asks if there were any tribes. Oh, um, so sorry. The professor says that they're 170 years old, give or take. He also says that they are indigenous. And, um, yeah, uh, we're going to continue this in just a second. I need a break. I am enraged by John Winchester. I do not need to be getting enraged about other things. So, <clears throat> so, they're in the college. They're talking to a professor, right? Um, they, you know, use the most basic fucking class, which is Anthro 101, to get away with bringing these bones to this professor. And then the professor says they're about 170 years old, give or take. He also says that they're indigenous. Sam asks if there were any tribes on that land, um, the land where the construction site of the, you know, the gated community is. And the professor says, not according to historical records, you know, as if history isn't heavily influenced. Um, Sam asks if there are any local legends or oral histories about the area. And then he says that there's an, um, a tribe nearby in Sapulipa. Sapulipa. I can't say it. I'm sorry. I also can't say the name of the tribe, which is why I skipped it. I'm sorry. Um, he says that it's 60 miles away, and I quote, somewhere out there might know the truth. Someone likes the X-Files. Do the boys just leave the skulls there? Do they take them with them to give them back to their assumed tribe? And do they put them back to where they found them? We literally never fucking find out, and I need answers. Anyways, they go visit the reservation. And I swear, they, they like pull over to ask for directions. And I swear, whoever Dean asked for directions from was wearing AirPods. Not headphones, AirPods. At the reservation, they talk to Joe Whitetree. Dean says that they're students from the university. And Joe says, no, you're not. You're lying. He then calls them a liar again. Uh, not them. Dean. Sam asks if he, if he has ever heard of Oasis Plains. He then says, I like him. He's not a liar. And then Dean is upset. And it's supposed to be, like, funny. <clears throat> but they do this a lot with Dean. Everybody loves Sam Winchester except for John. <laughs> so Joe Whitetree tells him that 200 years ago, a band of his ancestors lived in that valley, but, re but were relocated by the American army. But they were resistant, and the army was impatient. During an eclipse, the army raided their village. Then they did what white settlers do, and murdered and raped the people who lived there first. The army did the same thing for six straight nights, and on the sixth night, anyone who was still in the village was now dead. He also says that the chief of the village on the sixth, sixth night said, um to the heavens that no white man would tarnish the land again that nature would rise up and protect the valley 
and it would bring as many days of death and misery to the white man as the army had brought on to his people. And honestly, if I were the boys, I would be like, you know what? Not my problem. And just leave. But of course, the boys are like, if you don't do something, Larry's family will be dead by sunrise. Because, of course, this is the sixth night. A whole bunch of people dying will make that property cheap. Then you can buy it and give it back to the people you stole it from, though. But what do I know? Sam asks, how do you break a curse? And Dean says, you don't break a curse. You get out of its way. But my idea not only breaks the curse side, even though a couple more people die, but next year won't happen again. I would win. The boys drive off quickly. Sorry. And it has a harsh cut to the next scene of Matthew zipping up his backpack. He's got a flashlight and is looking at a tree when he hears something. It's a little... Okay, I don't know what I put there. Anyway, so he starts... It's a little hole. And he starts to stick his hand over it. And a bunch of beetles start crawling out of it. I'm sorry, not beetles. It's cockroaches. Give me the heebie-jeebies. A little bug-infested jump scare here. Did it work on me? Yes, a tiny bit. Uh, Matt freaks out a bit too but but he just walks away does he warn anyone no dean is on the phone with larry saying there's a main pipe gas leak and larry is in the most unconcerned voice he goes really how big like he knows that it's that it's not that it's dean or something dean tells him that they need to leave for at least 12 hours then larry asks who he's speaking to and dean says travis remember travis from the beginning well larry knows travis personally and knows that this isn't him dean panics and just hangs up (sighs) sorry so sam grabs the phone from dean because they share a phone And he calls Matthew's phone, you know, the teenage boy. Matthew, of course, answers. And Sam says that his, oh, and tells Sam that his backyard is crawling with cockroaches. Sam tells him that something is coming, so he needs to get his whole family out of the house. Matt asks how he's supposed to do it, since his dad doesn't listen. So Dean takes the phone from Sam and tells Matt to not tell him the truth, because they'll think that he's crazy. He tells them to fake appendicitis. They pull up to the house and see that they're still there. Larry threatens to call the cops on the boys and Matt defends them. Larry realizes how weird it is that two grown adult men have a weird relationship with his son. Larry isn't that bad of a dad. Larry then calls him crazy and they're yelling really loud, but Dean tells him to wait because he can hear the bugs. Larry starts to hear the bugs, and his bug zapper starts to go crazy, zapping all the bugs that go into it. Dean tells Larry to get his wife because it's time to go. Larry listens, then we get a shot of a shit ton of bugs flying in front of the moon. Dean says they'll never make it, so everyone get in the house. Larry tells his wife to call 911 because the cops can fight off the bugs. Dean and Sam seal the house up as bugs literally begin to cover the entire house. They... They all kind of just stare intensely for a minute, and it's really weird. Dean finds some raid, and they hear um, a bunch of bugs in the chimney. 
Dean makes the bug spray into a flamethrower and tells everyone to go upstairs. So they go into the attic, where they find a hole in the roof with dust falling because termites are eating it. Dean tells them to all get back, and the CGI is still horrible as Dean sprays the bug spray flamethrower. Now the bug spray flamethrower isn't CGI, but the bugs are. But also the bugs aren't CGI all at once. So, um, Sam and Dean cover the hole up with a piece of metal as the termites can't chew another, oh, as if the termites can't chew another hole in the roof. Um, and of course, they do. This time it's a bigger one. Then the termites break the other part of the roof again. Dean and Sam try to cover everyone with their jackets, thinking this is going to help. And then it's just suddenly sunrise, so all of the bugs leave. Sam appears to be the only one with a bunch of stings, or bites, they're stings. Larry and his family are moving. Larry says the government is investigating the bones the boys found, as if the government already didn't know what happened here and just pretended like it didn't happen. Also, magically, Larry and Matt's relationship is fixed. Sam goes to talk to Matt as he throws away his bit, his bug stuff. Matt says that they kind of weird him out now, so his coded autism is also just magically gone, too. Sam and Dean watch Larry and Matt before leaving. Sam says he wants to find Dad because he wants to apologize to him. Dean asks what for what, as if he didn't put the idea in Sam's head. I hate John Winchester, and Sam has nothing to apologize for. Then the episode ends with the boys on the road, per usual. Now, I do think that this would have been better if it was um, more of a Stephen Kingy kind of shining thing instead of a singy Stephen Kingy pet cemetery thing, um, where it is really just Matthew who's controlling the bugs. You know, they could have made him one of the. Sorry. One of Yellow Eyes' kids. But whatever. Um, I did the re research, and yeah, this is a pretty bad trope. I mean, I went into it knowing that this was a horrible trope. But it's nice to see other people agreeing with me. I also did see a lot of people hated this episode and write on them. So I'm glad that I don't have to explain why this trope is awful. Um, because everyone agrees with me. And if you don't, you're wrong. Um, so one thing I wanted to mention is that the bees in this episode were very real bees. But the camera didn't pick them up. There was like 60,000 or something. And the boys hated recording it. Um, this isn't something that I knew. I guess I just didn't care that much. This was one of my, like, more favorite episodes just because I don't like bugs. And it gives me the heebie-jeebies. But being an adult now, I don't like this episode. It, it wasn't very good. It was very hard for me to watch. It just wasn't very good. Anyway, so the beast didn't show up. And the guys hated filming with the bees because... You know, they filmed all of that, and then they realized, oh, they didn't show up, so they had to CGI it all in. Anyways, and the boys got stung by bees for nothing, and they kept telling them, um, you know, don't agitate the bees or anything, and they're sitting there swatting at them, and Jensen's running around with a flamethrower, essentially spraying all of the bees. 
So I bet a bunch of bees died. So those stings on their faces are real. So the next episode is episode 10 titled Home, Home Sweet Home. Um, We're going to open in Lawrence, Kansas. And I honestly feel like I don't need to watch this episode, but I'm going to. I vividly remember this episode. I don't think I have anything really related to the story, but let's get into it, I guess. Like I said, um, so we open in Lawrence, Kansas, in the Winchester's old house, with a woman going through pictures. Um, she's looking, she's like crying over a wedding photo while she unpacks. Her daughter says there's something in her closet, so the mom goes to check it out. She doesn't find anything there, so she puts her daughter to bed. Her daughter doesn't like the house and her and makes her mom put a chair under the door knobs of the closet. Why did I read it like that? I don't know. Sorry. She goes back to unpacking and hears a tapping sound. And uh, don't worry, it's just me typing as I watch. She goes down to the basement to check it out. Of course, the basement lights don't work. And um, it cuts back up to the daughter and the chair in front of her daughter's closet begins to open. Did the Winchesters leave all of their belongings in the basement? Because there's a lot of their belongings in the basement. If so, why didn't whoever sold the house not clean it out? And this is like 20 years after the fact. I believe Sam or Dean is either, one of them is 26 and the other one's like 23 or something, right? They have the same age gap as me and my sister. So one of them's like 26, almost 7, the other one's 23 or 21. I don't know. I don't remember. I did the math one episode. But there's a bunch of stuff in this basement. So this woman finds an old box of photos of John and Mary and the boys as her daughter's closet opens very slowly. The thing that opened the door is just like fire. It's literally just fire. The daughter screams and we go to the title card, which I feel like I should talk about. But it's not one of the themed ones, so it doesn't matter. Does it? I don't remember it, so I can't talk about it. Um, but we then get a shot of outside of the house. And um, someone, I think, is banging on the window, screaming for help. A semi drives by, honking a horn, and wakes up Sam, who is having a nightmare about the house. In the morning, Sam is drawing a tree. Why a tree? I do not know. Okay, so Dean is listing off different jobs they can go to. Dean brings up cattle mutilation mutilation in West Texas. And I'm from West Texas. Also, cattle mutilation is like something that the ancient aliens people believe that aliens do. If you didn't know, now you do. Dean gets upset that Sam isn't really paying attention to him. Also, this episode is a lot easier to watch than the last one, if you want me to be honest. Sam suddenly recognizes the tree. He begins to go through John's journal and pulls out the same photo that our final mom was looking at in the beginning. In the dream sequence that wasn't a dream. The dream part was the woman screaming at the window. The rest of it was happening. So, of course, he's seen the tree before because it's a picture of him and his family with the tree in it. Sam tells Dean they have to go back home. Sorry, I just had a vision of 
demon blitz, <laughs> you know, him doing the pull-ups. Anyways, he, like, says something, he says home and then Kansas. Dean says, okay, random, where'd that come from? Sam explains himself by telling Dean the piece of evidence that is easily explained away by the fact that he's seen the photo before. He tells Dean to just trust him on this. Sam pulls the whole, I can't explain it right now, bullshit they pull on everyone else. Dean says he's not going anywhere until Sam does explain it. Sam just sighs before semi-explaining the nightmares. He says sometimes they come true, and then we finally get Sam telling Dean that the about telling Dean about the dream about Jesse Jess's Jessica. Sam tells Dean that he dreamt of Jessica's death before it happened. Before she actually died, you know, which sounds more like a wish than a dream. Just saying. Like, you know, like, oh, I dreamed. You know, it sounds like a wish. Dean says, seeing people have weird dreams, it's just a coincidence. Sam then goes into detail and then starts explaining the dream he he just had. And his voice is breaking up like he's about to cry. And now I want to cry. I knew I got emotional during one of these. It was this. Sam says this might be the thing that killed mom and Jess. And Dean's like, hold up. This is too much to process. Dean says, first you tell me you got the shining. (laughs) Weird that that's coming up twice in this episode. But what else does Dean have to say? And then you tell me I've got to go back home, especially when. Now Dean's starting to get all teary-eyed. And Sam asks, when what? And Dean says he swore he would never go back there. Okay, deep breath here. They are monster slash ghost slash paranormal slash supernatural hunters, right? They know and often say the phrase, ghosts are often created by violent deaths. Their mother died from a violent death. He should have used context clues of his job to realize he might have to go back to his childhood home where he lost his mother, eventually to send her to the afterlife. And I'm right. Sam's soft voice is nice. Because he's speaking in a real soft voice during this. And it's just so calming. Fuck Jared. (laughs) Sam tells Dean, we have to check this out in his soft voice. And Dean just says, I know we do. With like no emotion. Okay. Cut to them driving past a Lawrence. Three miles away sign. They pull up to the house. It's a nice house. They knock on the door, and Sam is, like, starstruck by the woman who answers. Like, literally, his jaw is dropped. Dean lies and says that they are federal, but Sam cuts him off to tell him the truth. I'm Sam Winchester, and this is my brother Dean, is what he says, and asks if they can take a look at the old, old house. She tells him that she found some of their photos the other night. She looks around a little worried about letting strangers into her house, but then she just fucking does it. They pass by her son, who is a toddler, saying, juice, juice, juice. The mom calls her kid a juice junkie. I get this is 2005, but oh my god. She introduces the boys to her, like, six-year-old daughter, and they ask if she has family in the area. She says that she just needed a fresh start. Sam asks how she's liking it so far. She says that the house has its issues, like faulty wiring, flickering lights, almost hourly. <clears throat> And she hasn't called an electrician. 
She also says there are rats in the basement. Dean asks if she's seen the rats or just heard the scratching. And if it's scratches like a rat, it must be a ghost because she hasn't seen any rats. Her daughter, Sari, brings up the thing in her closet. The mom says that she just had a nightmare and she says that she wasn't dreaming. Oh, sorry, says she wasn't dreaming. It came into her bedroom and it was on fire. As soon as they leave the house, Sam and Dean are very loudly repeating everything they just heard. Like, very loudly repeating. <laughs> Dean suggests that they just need to chill out and treat it like any other job. Sam asks Dean how much he actually remembers. You know, from the fire. From the incident. He says not much. That he was the one that saved. Just that he was the one that saved baby Sammy's life. Dean says any of any information John kept it to himself. They decided to talk to John's old neighbors and friends. And other people that were there at the time. Sam asks Dean if he feels like just another. If it feels like just another job to him. Dean changes the subject and says he got to, he's got to go to the bathroom, but calls. Oh, but while he's in the bathroom, he calls his little daddy. John doesn't answer as always, and it goes to his voicemail. You know, the one that has Dean's phone number on it. Dean says, "Dad, I know I haven't left you messages before. I don't even know if you get them, but I'm with Sam. We're in Lawrence, and there's something in our old house. I don't know if it's the thing that killed our mom or not." But I don't know what to do. So whatever you're doing, if you could get here, please. I need your help, Dad. <clears throat> so last, last episode, it was like a big thing that Sam didn't make any effort to be a part of the family, right? But this episode, <clears throat> sorry, is loaded with evidence that John Winchester is at fault. Thank you. I mean, he can't even answer the phone to the son he doesn't, quote unquote, hate or treated as his perfect little kid. Well, currently, in later seasons, we really get to see how Dean was treated. Also, I know we haven't met him yet, but I do think that John is... But do you think John is the forgotten Winchester? Back at the house, we see Jin. Oh, do you think John is with the forgotten Winchester? can't read my own typing do you and at this point do you think he's with adam anyways back at the house we see Jin, which i think her name is i don't know she's talking to someone telling them there's nothing weird down there i promise it's a plumber he's there to look at her clogged pipes her sink is backed up while the plumber is under the sink one of those monkey toys with symbols starts going off on its own and i don't think i've seen one of those monkey toys that wasn't possessed even the one in toy story is he stops what he's doing to watch it then he unplugs something which i'm assuming is a garbage disposal but he keeps getting distracted by the monkey finally it stops right before he tries the garbage disposal and then sticking his hand down the drain just remember the blender scene from that one episode um he digs around the sink at this as the scene cuts back and forth to the monkey he feels something metal and pulls his hand back out and looks at it before shoving it back down there elbow deep like he doesn't know what show he's on but i still feel like this was a bad move anyways 
the garbage disposal comes back on and the monkey starts going off again. He's just screaming. Sam and Dean go to talk to John's old business partner. His business partner. Don't know why I said it like, like that. He says it's been over 20 years since John disappeared. The business partner says that John loved Mary and doted on those kids. Sam asks if John ever talked about that night. And we find out that John would say that something caused the, the fire. Dean asks if John ever said what. And the partner says nothing did it. It was an accident. An electrical shortage in the ceiling or walls or something. Um, They would have found evidence of her body being on the ceiling. And no rope. How was this explained away? How did John not get arrested for her murder? We also find out that the partner begged John to get help, which is something that John, which is something John should consider. Therapy would have done the boys a lot better. Would have done a lot better for the boys. We also find out that John started to read old books and see a palm reader in town. Sam then starts reading off the psychics in town from the newspaper. It's been 20 years, but sure, I'm sure they're all still there. And says, Missouri Mosley. And Dean recognizes it, grabs John's journal, and has Sam read the first sentence, which was, I went to Missouri and I learned the truth. At Missouri's place, we meet Missouri. She calls the boys handsome and says that Dean was one goofy-looking kid. She tells Sam that she's sorry about his girlfriend and your and your father's missing. Then she goes off on Dean, you know, in a sassy way. Because she's written very stereotypically. Then we find out that John went to a reading a few days after the fire and she told him what was really out there in the dark. Honestly, this part of the episode is good, but it does technically portray the magical black trope that we see so frequently in film. Dean then asks her if she knows what started the fire, and she says a little, and that she doesn't know, but it was evil. Back at the house, we see Jen, the mom, and I'm still just guessing with her name. She's on the phone talking about the plumber, and while her kids jump up and down saying juice again, she finds out that she is liable, which doesn't make sense. I mean, he can't prove that he unplugged the disposal to a court, so I don't see how she can be held liable. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense that she would get sued for that. Uh, he's a plumber sticking his arm in a garbage disposal. He knows the risks, you know? Anyways. So, she hears something break in, upstairs and walking around upstairs. So, she tells her toddler she'll be right back and goes upstairs as a new parent. I do the same thing. I yeah, Even to dogs. Okay? If I were to hear something in another room, I'd tell a dog, I'll be right back. I'm going to go see what that is. You know? Anyways. So, we find out that... Um, so she goes back upstairs or she goes upstairs then we find out that missouri has been keeping an eye on the place and it's been quiet in this scene it's a bit um like death and final destination movies removing screws and plugging stuff in anyways we see two screws being taken out of the toddler's pin and like the hinge pieces and the childproof lock on the fridge comes off and the fridge opens for a minute, oh, um, the kid just sits there watching the fridge open for a minute before going to the fridge to grab his juice. I'm sorry. He fully fucking climbs into the fridge and sits down. I mean, 
I want to sit here and be like, kids don't do that. But at the same time, kids do do that shit. The door slams and locks back in place with the kid still in it. Then the mom comes back and can't find her kid. And I do think um, it would have been better if the ghost had, like, <laughs> put the playpen back together. I think that'd be really funny. Because it doesn't. <clears throat> also, the ghost is Mary Winchester. Um, so she starts calling out his name and then she looks around and sees some spilled milk in the fridge, under the fridge-ish, and then opens the fridge. Also, her name is Jenny. I was close. Sam and Dean show up, like, right after this, and she asks them what they're doing there. They ask if they can show Missouri around the house for old time's sake. Jenny says she's busy, and Dean tries to convince her, but Missouri slaps Dean on his back and says, Give this woman a break. Can't you see she's upset? I hate the way that I just read that, and I'm sorry. That's how it sounds when she says it. Missouri says that they can stop this thing, but Jenny has to trust them just a little. Missouri then takes the boys to Sam's old nursery. Dean busts out the home homemade EMF reader, and Missouri says that 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 this isn't the thing that took your mom she opens the closet and stands in it and says that there's more than one spirit in the house she tells him that the house is a magnet for paranormal energy and that the house has attracted a poltergeist a nasty one that wants jenny and her kids dead she tells him she can't make out oh um, sorry sam asks about the spirits and she tells them she can't make out the second one Dean says no one is is ever dying in this house again than him and then him being a professional professional ghost hunter. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So <clears throat> Dean says no one is ever dying in this house again than him being a prof professional. Oh my gosh. Being a professional ghost hunter, asks how to stop it, as if he hasn't worked poltergeist jobs before. Missouri has the boys put together like protection jars to go in the walls and says it should not only destroy the spirits, but purify the house completely. Dean tries the mixture, like puts it in his mouth, and hates it, like he puts it on his tongue. For why? Missouri has Jenny take the kids to a mo movie while they purify the house. We see a cord unplugged from the wall and slither towards Sam as a drawer opens in the room that Dean is in. Missouri is in the basement. She throws one of one on the ground and an old dresser moves across the floor and rams her into a wall. Dean turns around and sees a knife flying at him and he ducks just in time. Then more come flying at Dean, but he's already flipped a table to catch them all. The lamp attached to the cord going after Sam falls and breaks, but Sam doesn't react in time and gets the cord around his neck. Sam tries to put the mixture in the wall, but starts to fall unconscious, just as Dean comes running in the room. Dean can't get the wire off of Sam's neck, so he shoves the mixture into the wall, and a blue light sort of explodes in the room. Dean cuts the wire off of Sam's neck. The boys ask Missouri if it's for sure over, and she says yes. <coughs> sorry and of course <laughs> it is not they leave the house and um jenny is in bed trying to sleep her bed starts shaking the boys are sitting outside in their car watching the house and sam tells dean that he still has a bad feeling sam then sees jenny through the window like in his dream 
they go they both go running into the house the fire appears in the daughter's room and dean gets jenny as sam gets the kids and they pass the fire sam carries them down the stairs and it was a missed opportunity as it could have been dean but then we get sammy passing richie the baby off the toddler off to sorry saying sorry take your brother outside as fast as you can mirroring what john says in the first episode as sam gets dragged away sorry tells dean that something's got sam and dean runs inside with a salt gun sam is quite literally being thrown around the house as dean tries to break down the door the burning figure steps into the downstairs area and can i just say real quick <clears throat> the burning figure straight up looks like somebody in a green suit that was set on fire Dean sees the burning figure, and Sam tells him not to shoot it because he knows who it is. Suddenly, the figure stops burning, and it's their mom, which we know. Dean slowly sets the gun down. She says their names and just says, I'm sorry. Sam asks for what, and she just glitches down the hall. She tells the poltergeist to get out of her house and to let go of her son before igniting again. Am I guess burning the other ghost? Sam tells Dean that now it's over. Dean goes through the photos that Jenny had found in the basement. Missouri shows back up and tells the boys both ghosts are gone because their energies canceled each other out. Sam asks what's happening to him, and Missouri tells him she doesn't know. The boys get in the car and drive away. The episode ends with Missouri going back to her office saying, that boy, he has such powerful abilities. Why he couldn't sense his own father, I have no idea. And a fucking course, it shows us John Winchester sitting on a couch, just fucking sitting there, and I swear I'm gonna throw my hands with him. Mary's spirit, do you really think she saved the boys, he asks her. Missouri says yes, and John plays with his wedding ring. Do you think he took it off when he was, you know, off creating bonus Winchesters? Adam, um, Missouri tells John that she couldn't just slap him. Oh, that she could just slap him because he won't just go talk to his kids. John says he wants to, but he can't. Not yet. The drama. The audacity. What the fuck do you mean you can't go see your kids until you know the truth? I mean, like, I get it. He's probably heard the rumor about why Yellow Eyes was there in the first place. But, like, at the end of the day, they're still your kids. And I swear, I hate John Winchester with every bone in my fucking body. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him, I fucking hate him. Anyways, it's over. So there wasn't really anything I needed to research this episode. The only thing I wanted to talk about is, we all know Mary's in hell now, right? I know later on they get into heaven. Both Mary and John somehow. But as of right now, Mary sacrificed her ghost self and went to hell. <clears throat> so that had to be mentioned and in these two episodes we get to hear dean basically tell sam that john's a good dad and sam should agree and then in this episode we get to see john be a shitty dad i feel like i have more to say but i just don't give a fuck john winchester i hate him um this was from an ex-fan supernatural season one episode eight in nine i think this might actually be nine and ten
I don't actually know. Um, now, I do want to talk about House for a minute. Because, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I have... I was just going to record if I open up Netflix. I guess I can Google. Um, I've been watching House on Roku because it's free. And, like, I went into it knowing that House was supposed to be, like, Metal Sherlock. Um, but the episode that I watched the other day had 221B as House's apartment number. Wow. What a... War flashbacks, you know? You know, I really said if I'm going to do Super Who Lock, I'm going to do Super Who Lock. Episode 8. So it's episode 8 and 9. Why did I put episode 10 on here? No idea. But I did. Anyways, so that's basically what I wanted to say. Um, It gave me war flashbacks because, I mean, I really did say I'm jumping back into Super Who Lock. Just, I can't sit through Sherlock anymore, even though I liked it. I liked it. It's just so long. I can watch long episodes now. Hell, I can even talk for long episodes now. Um, another thing I want to talk about, I am reading John Constantine, um, Hellblazer. Again, I am on issue 59. I don't think that I've ever talked about Hellblazer on this before, but... I'm picking it back up. Anyways, where I'm at, I need to know what happened in hell. So I now have to read the 1989 Lucifer series. And on top of that, the 1989 to, I want to say 1999 maybe, I don't know, um, Sandman series by Neil Gaiman. So, that's fun. Um, My thoughts so far, I'm on issue 33 of the Sandman series. And um, I am in love with Dream and Death. So, I definitely like watching, watching it, reading it, seeing him go through, like, the different phases, like, the different years and stuff. Um, I can really see, like, good omens from it. A lot of people in the comments of where I illegally read my comics have been talking about how they can see like the inspiration and everything for his one of his books American Gods maybe one of his series I don't know I've never read it never read Coraline either I've seen it I I like the Sandman comics but I also don't I don't know why it's just how I feel. Anyways. <clears throat> so that was episodes nine, 8 and 9 of Supernatural. Like I said, we talked about our hate for John Winchester mostly. Um, in a way, I guess you could say they were hunting their brotherly love. Goodbye.